He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the Monday, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. And I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst. He'll have he'll be weighing in. He's got quite a bit, I'm sure, of analysis to do on what transpired uh, since uh, last Friday. It has been a wild ride in the market. I mean, even before the markets opened, it was a wild ride. At one point last night, the futures, the Dow futures, were up 400 points. Uh, they opened up down 200 points, and now they're up 82 in the actual market trading. The Dow up 82 at 31,991. The NASDAQ, which was up 200 last night, uh, down about 150 this morning, has now gone even for the day. It's at 11,138. Uh, the S&P 500 is down five points. But that doesn't tell the whole story since uh, we closed on Friday. Uh, crude oil is uh, down, kind of taking it on the chin here today. Crude oil is down 273 to 73.95. That's the lowest price we've seen in quite a while. And this is about the highest price we've seen in gold for quite a while. It's up forty-one dollars today to nineteen oh eight. And uh, the other big story is a twenty-point plunge in the ten-year, all the way down to three point four eight. So welcome to today's the best stocks now uh, show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, a nationwide uh, fee-based only money management firm. And uh, Barry, did you watch the uh, bouncing ball over the weekend? I mean, it's like <laughs> been all over the place. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, you know there was, and I was actually at a golf tournament on Saturday, and so you know between that those bouncing balls and there was a lot more bouncing balls. I think, like you said, in the, you uh, saw like some it. at the golf tournament. <laughs> I did. I yeah, hope but, they didn't have their money in Silicon Valley <laughs> Bank. Some of those uh, golfers. No, it didn't. Uh, at least it didn't seem that way. It didn't seem. Uh, it didn't seem too nervous about it but i mean you know this whole uh, i mean the our banking system it's you know it's built on confidence you know we, we all know that you know if we all showed up at bank of america today right that we're you know at, at a particular branch you know we all know that they don't have enough money to give all of you know certainly not at the branch uh, all at one time and that's really you know what this is it's a classic run on the bank like you mentioned um you know the the christmas movie that we all uh, you know that we have on our uh, it's a wonderful life on our um, on our Christmas movie list, and that's really you know kind of what this is. And of course, uh, what I think Biden spoke this morning, you know, and, and all of these things that are being done are uh, are really to put you know confidence back in the system and and kind of uh, work through these uh, two. Uh, I guess it's three banks now, really. So yeah, okay. So let's just pick up where we left off last week. So we'll if we start go with the back, first one. Yeah. well, if we go back to last uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, I guess you had the Fed testimony from Jerome Powell, where he said interest rates would be higher for longer. 
And that caused a big uh, sell-off in the market, and rates went up to like four, over four. Okay, now let's fast forward to today, and look where the ten-year is today, and look at the collapse in the in the two-year interest rate. At one point, ninety-five basis points from uh, from the two-year down to where it is now. I mean, and you're talking, I mean, it's a just to call it a one percentage move in the bond market, especially on a short two year short, short end. note. That's a, I mean, it's that's bigger than a move if the, you know, if we said the Dow was up ten percent today. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, it's yeah. hard. To, it's hard to get there. That yeah, quickly. I mean, that's just an unbelievable move, which is now caused by. Uh, I saw that the odds of a twenty five. Remember, they were talking fifty. I mean, we rose up to eighty percent. It was thirty seven percent at the beginning. When it thirty seven percent at the beginning of last week, and then it, it when it shot up to eighty, 80 or ninety percent that, right. that we'd get a fifty basis point hike. Now that's pretty much off the table, and uh, now it's like a ninety six percent chance we'll get a uh, a just a twenty five basis point hike. And there's even some talking of no no rate hike at all at the next Fed meeting. I don't think that will happen. I think twenty five is probably the most logical, but, you know, that led to a horrible week in the market. Then the market starts to get its sea legs back, and then all of a sudden, uh, Wednesday night, I guess it was, when Silicon Valley Bank announced that they attempted to do a secondary offering and they couldn't raise the funds, because apparently the word was out uh, that, uh, you know, they were having more withdrawals uh, than they were having deposits into the the, the bank that specializes in venture capital. I mean, that's their business. 95% of their business is uh, startups and venture capital. They specialize in that. And, of course, there's been a lot of money flowing into that bank, and it probably reached a feverish pitch in 2020, that speculative year when everybody was looking for outsized gains with cheap money. And, you know, that's the year we saw the huge spike in all of the cryptocurrency and all the speculative stocks and Kathy Wood's ARK funds. And don't forget, underneath the surface, you don't see the money going into venture capital because that's private equity. But uh, money was gushing into uh, startups. Uh, and, of course, those deposits are made at Silicon Valley Bank. And, and those, then it turns into a burn rate, right? And, and they're used, yeah. Those, so those, those deposits there are used for payroll, used for you know expenses, whether they're you know need equipment, whatever it is. The, the main thing is that money is usually going out the door pretty quickly because early companies have a high burn rate. And if they don't can't get their money out of there, well, then their their employees aren't going to get paid for that you know for that uh, period of time, or at least until they can begin taking deposits out. Yes, and there was a lot of consternation on Thursday and Friday with those funds frozen. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, the, they, the wheels were churning all weekend between the uh, FDIC uh, and the Fed and the Treasury Secretary uh, Yellen. And then Janet Yellen yesterday morning said there would be no bailout. And I mean, when is a bailout not a bailout? It sounds to me like there was a total bailout in the end where apparently they have access to all of their deposits as of now, right? Well, it's it's t- yeah, and it's access to time. So we always, I used to, uh, we always think of it as, you know, right as a, you know, you've got to give them money to do it. What you got to do is you basically have to have an orderly, right, um, you know, orderly run for the exit. And so, you know, these, these banks will have these, you know, 
these uh, you know say a long-term treasury on the uh, on the books if they sell it now they're going to sell it at a significant loss if they could sell it say a year from now or five years from now well then you know they can actually you know it might not be a bad investment for them so really you know the fed steps in and essentially insures all the deposit if everybody wants to run there then i guess they give them uh, we'll give them the money but main thing is they will hold their assets you know they're essentially they're going to hold those treasuries uh, and even if they're say worth you know 90 cents on the dollar they'll give them a dollar and wait for that you know the fed's in the position to wait for that uh, asset i guess to get back to you know some some normal well, value the bottom line is is at the end of the day silicon valley bank must have had a had enough assets Right, even though they couldn't liquidate them immediately, the they must the treasury must have looked at that and saw enough assets to cover all the deposits. Right, they had plenty of plenty of reserves. The, yeah. the trick is when you start turning those reserves, you know, into in dollars, liquid. Yeah, yeah if you, if, that's you know, the you trick. Start, you can't hang and go to the ATM and a piece of a twenty-year treasury is going to pop out, right? <laughs> so the 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 treasury basically, in effect, uh, absorbed the 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 length of time. Uh, yeah. you well, know, liquidity and, issue really absorbed yes. the liquidity is what I would, you know, the kind of how I mean, and it's way more complicated than that, but that's kind of how I interpret it. It yes. basically makes an orderly market, and they've yep. done it before. That's how they made so much money off of, you know, some of those securities in 08, 09 because yes. they had time on their side. They have the uh, ability <laughs> to wait it out because they have unlimited, with the printing press, they have unlimited amounts of assets backing, backing them. <laughs> and uh, I think the silver lining behind all of this is the plunge in interest rates, which is good for growth stocks because as soon as the dust settles, you should start to see multiple expansion again, P.E. expansion on growth stocks because you plug in the new 10-year, and that does a lot to the discount rate, and that enables that uh, multiple to expand. And as of now, I mean, I haven't seen anything that would impact the overall earnings of the S&P 500. Now, I think Silicon Valley Bank was in the S&P 500, but it got kicked out. Uh, someone else, uh, Pod, uh, Pod, P-O, Insulate, P-O-D-D, replaced it. So I don't really see any impact on earnings for the S&P 500 unless... Well, you know, I mean, with the bailout, where would the impact be? I guess the the risk is that there will be more banks. And when we come back, we'll talk about that because there already are a couple of more banks. But again, they're out there on that speculative edge uh, of the banking industry. This is Bill Gunderson and Barry Kite on a very busy Monday in the market. Welcome back to the Working Week. We'll be right back. Back here to the uh, second quarter of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show. The uh, market continues to be very volatile here. I think it will eventually, the dust will settle here eventually, but right now you've got the Dow down 23 points. Uh, It was down over 200 at the open. The NASDAQ is now flat once again. It was down about 120 at the open. As the market tries to make sense and tries to follow the bouncing ball and tries to figure out, uh, you know, where all, what all of this means, 
But, you know, I've heard a lot of people that I respect uh, with uh, their macro view of the market, and uh, we'll ask Barry for his opinion. But, Barry, I don't really see anything systemic here. I see this as isolated incidents in the most when, one of the most volatile areas of the market. Do you see it that way? No, I, I, you know, I see it you know, very similar. I think the, the one trick is, of course, the – um, is, is some of the fallout for, you know, startup companies and uh, in biotechs, right? They're the ones that are really the most susceptible to, you know, needing short-term funding. Um, I was reading an article about, you know, I think it was one of uh, a piece of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. They had some U.K. Uh, UK affiliate or, or branch, and, of course, uh, the U.K. regulators came in and took that over. It's only about, I think, 0.2% of their entire banking system, but... That bank was important because it, you know, did a lot of, uh, you know, in the UK it did a lot of uh, work for startups, similar exactly kind of what they do did here, but also, uh, you know, also the biotech field, which is uh, for the UK, you know, they don't have, a, you know, they don't have tons of growth in that in that economic engine at the moment, and two of their biggest, you know, future areas of economic growth are in startups, tech startups, and biotech. So that was, uh, you know, a big deal for them. So I think, you know, I think these. You know, uh, pieces and you know, investment, you know, certain investment banks, I think certain, you know, uh, private equity deals and things, right, certainly um, could have some issues. But, uh, you know, overall, I think it's, you know, and we're not, you know, we're not talking about the largest U.S. You know, companies uh, and, and, and even banks really being uh, in trouble with this. It's just, uh, you know, I think it shows kind of a very small piece of the banking system, but it gets a lot of attention whenever yes, it's uh, noisy. these types of things happen. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm looking at the uh, inverse uh, biotech uh, uh, ETF, which was flying last week, because it's obvious that a lot of these banks, uh, you, you know, the fact that uh, it's hard now to go back to the well and get more money on secondary offerings and whatnot, and a lot of these biotechs have their money at Silicon Valley Bank. I talked to somebody yesterday uh, who uh, is uh, the CEO of a biotech startup. He says all their money is in Silicon Valley. Yeah. But look, the inverse uh, uh, ETFs on the biotechs are way down today. They're down 6.9%, so that's a good sign uh, that the biotechs are actually coming back after all of the uh, issues. Now... Here's the issue I have. Yesterday morning, Janet Yellen says no bailout. And then uh, later in the afternoon, uh, I see the news that Silicon Valley Bank depositors have access to all their funds on Monday. Uh, Janet Yellen, Federal, uh, Janet Yellen, who's the Treasury Secretary, and Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, and FDIC Chairman Martin Grunberg, he's an important player in all of this because he's over the banks, said that depositors at shuttered Silicon Valley Bank will have access to all their funds, all their funds, on Monday. And they added that taxpayers will not be on the hook for any losses incurred by the federal by the California bank. So it must be, Barry, like you say, that they did have enough uh, assets. They just weren't liquid assets. And, uh, you know, the, the government was able to assume the length that it will take for those, li- for those long-term assets to mature. Uh, that's the only thing I can say. If, if they're willing to say that taxpayers are not on the hook, 
But I see a lot of uh, crying on Twitter here about another bailout right by the yeah. government. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's all. I mean, it's back to the old. I mean, some of the stuff you got to dust off the uh, you know oh eight oh nine uh, you know terminology. But yeah, you you get these you know what's called mark to market, meaning they hold these uh, notes or ten year tre- you know it's a twenty year treasury on their balance sheet, and they're allowed to hold it at a certain value. And then, of course, in a forced selling situation, well, that price right that you you know, I've been holding it on your balance sheet for, and may, you may or may not get it, right? It's no, no different than, a, you know, some when I was a kid and somebody said a baseball card was worth 100 bucks, right? You take it to the place, you know, the, the card store, and they'll give you $20 for it, right? Um, and so, you know, that's the, I mean, that's really the issue. And, you know, how quickly can they turn those assets into cash? How, you know, what's the, what's the amount of forced selling, right, to make that, say, you know, thing that was, say, worth a dollar now makes it, say, worth, 90 cents right and so i think the essentially the you know the, the fed or some piece of the government is stepping in to you know make that price 100 bucks because they have you know some for some ability to for time to be on their side right so yeah exactly okay so now <clears throat> you have a second bank signature bank of yep. new york and they're, they're tied to crypto yep okay and on what they left us on Sunday, right? They yes, and then you Sunday. had, the, uh, of course, Silvergate. Now they're going to be crying, I guess, for uh, hey, how about you know uh, rescuing us? It collapsed last Wednesday, and it was all uh, crypto related. And then there's a couple others. You know, I saw about a half Republic. a dozen. Republic's the one that's getting you know, first. Of, Republic yeah, is another one, and then there's last time I it, basically the California banks that are headquartered in that Silicon Valley area. Yeah, it, it, that's the and that's the to me when you talk about systemic risk in terms of the, the area. I mean, you keep following all these banks, and it's like I you know I see Republic, and it's you know San Francisco Bank or whatever, and it's like the next one. Yeah, read, and it's it's you know some bank up in you know north yeah. northwest. So. But then again, you know, those, they may find, now they found a buyer for the UK uh, version. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley Bank has some branches in the UK. Correct. And HSBC bought those. But so far, there have not, there is, a buyer has not emerged. I, I read that some hedge funds are swooping around it. And I also saw, of course, on Friday, uh, it was one month ago that Jim Cramer was recommending Silicon Valley Bank on his show. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And, you know, he did the same thing with Bear Stearns and I think Lehman Brothers prior to the 08-09. So he's got another black eye on his record. There are two ETFs out there now, Short Jim, S-J-I-M, and Long Jim, L-J-I-M. Uh, I think I'd be on the short gym side of the equation myself just in watching him over the years. But, uh, yes, he was. Uh, now, okay, according to the CME Fed Watch, markets are now pricing in a 96.7 probability of a 25 basis point hike at the next meeting. Uh, and there is a 3.3% probability of no hike at all. And I've seen some people calling for uh, for no hike. And, I mean, the chances of a 50 basis point hike uh, have now, uh, you know, pretty much are, are off the table. So I guess that's the silver lining of all this. And, Barry, when we come back, uh, I want to hear a little bit why the bond market is in such big rally mode. We have done really well with the bonds we recently picked up. I 
I looked at them on Friday and put them in the news. I go, wow, these things are jumping. Okay, we'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Welcome back here to the uh, second half of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show where uh, we have a highly volatile market, and it probably will be that way throughout the day. The good news is there's no uh, uh, economic reports coming in today. Uh, There's no Fed speakers that I can uh, see. Right now we've got green across the screen in the market. I think overall, I mean, to me, the biggest story coming out of this is the huge drop in interest rates, which was squeezing the the tech stocks last week. Why this huge drop in interest rates all of us? I mean, we're talking a draconian drop in interest rates. I think, I mean, to to me, it looks like a, you know, know, quick, uh, very fast fight to safety from the standpoint of, you know, you've got, uh, you mentioned gold, you know, touching uh, 1900 of course, uh, you know the the short end of the you know as uh, yields go down, that means prices going up, right? Which is meaning that uh, you know a lot of folks are out there purchasing those uh, short end of the curve uh, T bills. So uh, as they make that purchase, uh, of course, uh, yields are going down, and that's a, you know, a lot of liquidity um, or a lot of money you know, went uh, towards either you know the gold or or the short term end of the uh, treasury curve. So. Yeah, I read, too, that, uh, you know, Schwab was taking it on the chin last week, and they were co- they were saying it was because of short-term money moving around, uh, you know, out of out of areas where Schwab makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You go into treasuries, and, you know, Schwab doesn't make a lot of money off of those. So uh, the, there's been a big chase, a big rush into short-term money because it's so attractive. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, you've got a huge uh, drop. In the uh, it was at four point one five. I want to say the the two year when it was last week it was over five percent. Yeah, it's a, it was. A, I mean, it's you know, equivalent of a ninety five uh, ninety five basis point. You know, just call it one percent move um, in about a two day. I mean, really in a two day period. I mean, you're looking yeah. at I'm looking at the. I mean, even the ten year Treasury now is below three and a half. Um, that number, you know, we, we were we were above four, you know, or right. We we actually touched four um, during our show, uh, maybe early last week. Yeah, I think. four point oh seven or something yeah, like and that. We're, and we're under three and a half now. So yes, okay. So and of course the yield curve has narrowed quite a bit, uh, and I just think that's a result of well, okay, now they think that. Uh, the Fed will not uh, be so uh, aggressive in hiking rates, and they won't put us into a recession. Yes. Well, and, so, and this big move is coming right before. It means we get the CPI number tomorrow. Tomorrow, right? so we have the the CPI number tomorrow. We've got you know PPI on Wednesday. We've got a lot of economic stuff coming out in the next week or this week, and then you know, of course we've got the the Fed meeting. 
begins on uh, Tuesday of next week, I believe. So, and then the statement comes out on 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 Wednesday. So, uh, we've got a you know, it's a pretty a pretty wild uh, next uh, you know week or, or eight days in the market, I would imagine. Sometimes the market takes care of. Uh... <laughs> What the Fed was trying to accomplish, right? Because look at the narrowing of the yield curve now. Now you're at 4.08. You're down 51 basis points today uh, on the two-year at 4.07. No, uh, yeah, 4.07. That's where the 10-year was just several days ago. Yeah, you know, it uh, yeah, it touched. Uh, you know, I think it was above four for you know like an hour or so, and then uh, yeah, it was just there. I mean, we're looking at two year at four oh eight now, and then fifty seven uh, basis yeah, point fifty seven. Me and you were talking about it being you know ninety ninety or ninety five. It, uh, it went to over a hundred. Yeah, yeah. it's a hundred and seven. Biggest after gap his uh, testimony. Yeah, and it was the biggest. I mean, that was the biggest inversion since what I think we said the mid seven no eighty one. I think it was eighty one. Yeah. Well, some people are going to get in trouble. There was a little bit of selling of uh, Silicon Valley Bank before uh, the announcement on Thursday. Uh, you had uh, the CEO sold $3.6 million worth of stock. Uh, the chief financial officer sold 2,000 shares. Uh, they could be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, and who like who would even think that's a great idea? Like, I mean, yes. nowadays you're going you're you're going to get <laughs> they're going to know that. Know. I'm getting my money out of here. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. So now, okay. Tech, Meta. No, and I I sent out my tweet this morning. Uh, here's what I sent out. You can follow me on at Bill Gunderson. I said it's been a wild ride in the market all weekend long. The dust will settle. This does not look systemic. Interest rates are plunging. I will be looking for bargains in growth stocks today. Doesn't that just make sense with the big, huge uh, plunge in interest rates, which affects the uh, the multiple for the uh, growth stocks? Which was under that was under pressure last week as interest rates went higher. Why wouldn't tech stocks go up when the dust settles uh, as interest rates go lower? In addition to this, you're getting a lot of layoffs, which unfortunately that's good news. Uh, Meta is going to uh, another big round of layoffs coming from Meta. They announced that after the close of the market on Friday. Uh, and then, of course, you've got a lot of these companies that started to uh, announce their exposure uh, to uh, uh, to the uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Roku had 26% of its cash at the failed Silicon Valley Bank. And, uh, you know, we have family members that work, that, does, that do uh, uh, work for, some startups like they're bookkeeping okay on an outside basis uh but but get paid by these startups and 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 they told me that they had the startups they work for between the four startups that the two of them work for they have there's 250 million dollars sitting at silicon valley bank oh can you imagine the uh, the nightmare? She said uh, we had a heck of a day on Friday. She also does payroll for them, uh, one of the members of our family. So anyways, uh, 
uh, in light of the liquidity crisis at Silicon Valley Bank, former Federal Reserve economist Bill Nelson, he's a sharp guy, I've, I've watched him for years, said Friday that the banking system is well capitalized despite pressure caused by higher interest rates and, and you know all of this run on this banks. He said that the issues at Silicon Valley Bank are not a significant financial system problem. But there is a lesson to be learned there. If you're a depositor, you're insured up to 250 uh, grand. That's what the FDIC insurance is. So, uh, you know, I mean, one strategy is you can spread. If, if you've got millions and millions of dollars in the bank, you can go to 20 different banks, I suppose, Barry, and open mm-hmm. up a $250,000 account. That's what some people do. I've seen uh, it. We did it. I did it a lot in 08, 09 after, uh, you know, where clients just didn't want, you know, clients didn't want to ca- cash in no. certain, certain places. And, you know, nowadays they have programs, too, where you can kind of, you know, almost be like a one-stop shop where you go in and, and of course, they'll you deposit it and then they'll they'll spread it amongst the uh, amongst the banks. But, yeah, it used to be a heck of a paperwork drill in the past, put it that way. Yeah, that would be hard to keep track of. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad I don't have that issue, you know. Uh, but that'd be difficult to keep track of all of those two hundred and fifty thousand dollars all over the place. Okay, First Republic under pressure. What? Yeah, I don't know if I think they stepped in. I'm not sure if they've done yeah. anything with that one yet. So yeah, the uh, the I guess at the uh, towards some some newer news. I think um, I think J P Morgan Chase stepped in uh, and, and offered them some. Uh, liquidity. So essentially, like I said, it's it's really all about liquidity. And and like I said, I think Chase came in. I think uh, and I think the uh, this new deposit um, uh, facility, right, that was made over the the weekend. Uh, I think that benefits them too. Uh, I mean, you even even have Schwab. I mean, Schwab's down eighteen you percent know, at the moment. Um, I think Republic's down probably around sixty percent. The last time I checked, Schwab is going to you know it, it, most of that really is just. You know the worry that people will uh, begin to take money out of different places because they can't get it from other places. So. Schwab is down. Schwab was eighty-one a month ago. It's at forty-eight right now. Yeah. Schwab. Yep. Now I'm looking at the banking ETF. I T A. Uh, no, it's I A T. I A T is down another sixteen point three percent today. It's gone from fifty-four to thirty-four. That's a 40% drop in a banking ETF. Now, we have no exposure whatsoever uh, to the banks. I, I, I mean, they, didn't fit, they haven't fit my criteria of having 80% or more upside potential. Uh, it's a highly competitive business. It hasn't been all that profitable recently. We do own a few financials, however. I'm thinking of one, maybe one financial. And uh, the inverse financial... Uh, ETF, FAZ, which is three times inverse the financials, is up another 9.4% today. That's the one. If you think the hurricane's going to get worse, I suppose that would be the one. But uh, I think it's going to get contained here pretty soon myself. You got to go where you want to go. Welcome 
back here to the uh, final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, the market has pulled now, back now to about even. So it's just all over the map. Here's the most disturbing thing I've seen here in the market so far. I was looking at the S&P 500, winners and losers. Listen to this, Barry. This is a little bit uh, unnerve, uh, unnerving here. FRC, First Republic Bank, is down 77%. Okay, that That's not so surprising because they also are in that uh, same kind of business. But Comerica, down 35%. Zion, down 31%. Key Bank, these are like in the Midwest, some of them, Chicago, mm-hmm. down 29 Yeah. Uh, Fifth Third Bank Corp down 22.3, Schwab down 18. So, you know, I mean, obviously there is some fear that the banks aren't in good shape. Yeah, and then none of them, and if you look at, like, K, you know, take uh, KRE is another one of those uh, oh my know, gosh, yeah. regional, uh, you know, regional uh, bank uh, ETFs, and, I mean, it's down, you know, essentially 27% in the last two days. And so no different than... You know, every time you sell a share of QQQ, right, you're selling about a tenth of a share of, of, of Apple, if not more. Uh, and some of these, you know, banking, uh, you know, certainly these regional ETFs, uh, you know, names like Comerica actually make up, you know, usually make up a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty big regional bank. And they Absolutely. make up a, a larger part of these indices. And so, you know, you sell this regional bank index, well, you know, one of those shares out of, you know, you might be selling a, you know, a, a fifth of a share of uh, of fifth third or a fifth of a share of, of Comerica based on how large these um, how large these banks are and how big they make up that indice. So well, it's, it, it, it's interesting to see. That's where I think we were pointing to like a region's financial, which is here in the southeast, right? And you kind of give that as a, a proxy and you know, I think regions is down 11 percent today. I mean, you know, do they have? They might have exposure to some condos in uh, in you know on the Gulf Coast, but they they're not. They don't have they, they don't have as much much exposure to some startup in Silicon Valley. But yeah, it's, it's, then I look at J.P. Morgan. Okay, so it's pretty stable today. It's only down two percent. Uh, Citigroup, uh, it's down six point five. Wells Fargo is down 6.3, so there is still quite a bit of pressure. Uh, Goldman Sachs has got to be down quite a bit because they're more in that business. It's down 3.2%. And I'm not seeing any, uh, you know, risk-taking yet in the market. As I look at the NASDAQ, uh, you've got a biotech Amgen on top, which is a big profitable biotech, up 3.2%. Dollar Tree is the second best performer in the NASDAQ, up 2.4%. Now, the good thing about the NASDAQ, it doesn't have any exposure to banks and financials in the NASDAQ composite. Uh, you've got uh, Pepsi. <laughs> yes, it's in the NASDAQ. It's up one8 Mondelez, which is the old craft food, is up 1.8. Those are the winners in the NASDAQ. And there's really not many losers at all uh, in the NASDAQ uh, because, uh, you know, the NASDAQ, like I say, ha- doesn't have uh, financials in it, in, it in, the, in their 100 stocks that make up the NASDAQ. But the yeah. S&P 500, on the other hand, 
Now, if you look at the Dow, it's all pretty much safe names. Procter and Gamble is up two percent. Johnson and Johnson is up two percent. These are kind of consumer staples. Coca-Cola is up one point seven. Apple. Uh, Apple's the only tech stock that I see that's really up today. Apple's having a pretty good day. It's up 1.7%. Pfizer. And, you know, the other area, i got to look at the dollar. The dollar, well, the dollar obviously is, the dollar likes an aggressive Fed because it feels like, well, that's they're protecting the dollar. And now that there's a lower uh, chance of them with a big rate hike to try to get inflation under control, they've kind of, Said so, no, we got to take care of this first, and uh, the dollar is selling off quite a bit on that news. The dollar's been in an uptrend for the last seven weeks, and so the recipient of the drop in the dollar over the last couple of three days now is gold, uh, which you know gold is just really hard because it all depends on the dollar, and to predict either one of those very very difficult. There's a lot of different forces that are that are that go into all of those calculations, and some of them work against each other. So it's trying to figure out which one's going to have the larger effect, right? And I mean, like, I take Comerica. Look, look at their one-year chart and how you know tight that trading range was, right? And yeah. look where it is now. Um, just you know, boom. So, so you're you know, you're down thirty percent today. Essentially, they've been 52-week high was 97. Um, they just raised their dividend on March 1st, and so it's um, you know some of this stuff is certainly, uh, in, in my opinion, is going to be uh, you know over overdoing it. The, the question is, there's still so many unknowns. It's hard to make a bet on one of these that you think right shouldn't shouldn't be affected. Uh, well, you just hope it doesn't spread. Right. So far, it's three to four banks. You just hope it doesn't spread beyond that. You you hope that people don't go running to their local bank and withdraw their funds. But obviously the bigger banks, you would think Comerica and uh, Zion and Key Corp and Fifth Third wouldn't have any issues with that. But it's just that fear that is out there right now. Well, one more thing to worry about. There's always something to worry about in the markets. But here's the bottom line. I I I did I updated my earnings estimates for the entire S&P 500. Uh there's only a few banks, you know, the banks sector, the financial sector is probably 10% of the S&P 500. And then you take what percent of that financial sector is exposed to venture capital in a high degree uh and to crypto uh, and now you're talking like 1% of the S&P 500 maybe has exposure to that. So you can get my newsletter from last week. Look at the bottom line and you be the judge. Read the article. I wrote a pretty lengthy article on just how venture capital works and how we got into this situation. I put a lot of work into that article. And then it all led to the bottom line earnings for the S&P 500 forecast for this year and next year. Obviously, the market got a whole lot cheaper last week because... You know, we had the biggest down week of since September of last year. So if you want to get caught up on the situation and what my take is on it, you can get two free weeks of my newsletter at GundersonCapital.com. That's GundersonCapital.com. And if you'd like a, uh, uh, you know, talk to us, 855-611-BEST, 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody.
This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.